This episode is brought to you by Ravenheart Forge. For the most solid, most robust bucklers on the market, bar none, visit www.ravenheartforge.com. What's up everybody and welcome to this episode of Blades for Days where we're going to be talking about swords and sword fighting and sports fencing and again probably like a little bit way too much Star Wars. That was my fault. I'm sorry in advance for the amount of Star Wars that's in in this episode. My name is Jordan, I'm your host and joining me today is my very good friend Sam Aykroyd from the AHF. Hey bud. Hello there. How you doing man? How's it going? Yeah, really good. Really good. Um, today is the first day that we're opening up the academy officially. Um, yeah, so uh, preparing to go to Co-Philly later today and, and, and do all that stuff. So I've been I've been walking on air all day. What about you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, like, I think my kit is just about dry. <laughs> like, I'm surrounded by it. It was all just, like, scattered around this room. Um, yeah, I checked my boots uh, a couple of days ago, and, like, the insides were still wet. Um, that Welsh rain just... Uh, <laughs> like, fight camp. Last time we were at fight camp, it rained, like, one whole day. And yeah. the swords that I was using, no, no rust, like, nothing. Like... A couple of hours in the Welsh rain, and uh, and they're just orange, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So, um, yeah, for anybody listening, we had a, a gathering on uh Saturday and it just bucketed it down, and we were in the woods, and it was great. Like, I love fighting in the rain, in the woods, in the mud, I think it's so atmospheric, but then, yeah, it's the aftermath where. Like Melissa and I tracked a load of like leaves and mud into the house because we're dragging all the bags and the kit and everything. And then the next day we were like, okay, well, we're not going to get to hang out because I'm like, you know, my schedule is just like jam packed at the moment. So I'm like, we're not going to get the hangout. We'll clean it. We'll clean it in the week. It's fine. Like, or, you know, so Sunday we went to Raglan Castle and we hung out there for a bit and we we're just sort of wandering about. And we came home and we walked into the living room and we were like, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> past me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how's your butt? It's okay. There's a bit of a bruise, but it's uh, <laughs> it's survived. Yeah, because like I I very rarely get anything any significant kind of hit on you. Um, so, <laughs> to like, no, it is though. It's like I get your like your hands and your arms a lot because um, you're very good at voiding and sort of like moving out of the way but on this one occasion you sort of like stepped out of the way leading with your butt and like my sword just kind of made contact with it so yeah <laughs> so yeah I was really bruised I've got a bruise uh on my upper arm which I think might have been yourself I've got one on my shoulder which I think was Ben um uh Ben Blackburn and then I've got another one that I think was Ben Halbert. Don't do goddamn stuff. I knew you. <laughs> I knew you'd do that. So yes, yes. Anyway, um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, really I've got, I've got a few bruises and things as well. Um, yeah, I think like on my my legs. You got yeah the uh, couple of hits that you got on on there. 
yeah and it cost me so much to get them as well um it's the it's the slipping and sliding around like so melissa and i are putting together a video on like fighting in different environments because it's not something that really comes up in the fight books very often um there's like a few references in one kind of contemporary of fury and it's basically there's like a very childish looking son with a an angry face like uh, <laughs> affecting somebody it looks like he's giving him superpowers and it's basically like oh yeah make sure that your back's to the sun so that your opponent has uh, the sun in their eyes right which yeah. makes a lot of sense but then other than that it's like there's quite scant advice um so we figured we'd go to like different places and you know have a few fights which is why um which is why we were recording everybody fighting and going it's okay if you slip and fall over and land on your ass it's it's absolutely fine we need that <laughs> I <need the> footage. <laughs> yeah I need the footage. yeah um and uh yeah sticks behind people just to trip them up <laughs> yeah direct them into you know trees that's fine roots it's all good um so so yeah that's that and i mean um so yeah things are opening up again which is great uh things are opening up now for the ahf which, uh, yeah. which i think is is really good i think they had their first official session on monday Yes, and then uh, I think it's this Saturday is going to be the uh, the first session for for the Bristol lot, oh, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, it's yeah. either this Saturday or next Saturday. Pretty sure it's this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, how's that? Is it at the usual place? Because they've got quite a big hall, but is it still fifteen, like fifteen? So it's usual place. Um, but on a Saturday rather than on a Wednesday, which is when it normally is. Uh, I don't know on the numbers limit because yeah, it's a it's a pretty big hall. Um, so maybe it's like doubled. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I um like I had a bit of a laugh because I was talking to Mike, and he was like, "Yeah, it's fine. We've got an overflow area." And I was like, "What you mean outside?" <laughs> well, is yeah. that an overflow? <laughs> Because in, in the hall where they train, there's like the hall bit and then there's like a little kind of, you go through a fire exit and there's kind of a little patch of grass there that you can train on, um, which is quite good. But I'm like, it'll like it'll be dark and raining. So like I could just imagine somebody outside, like, you know, Nick giving instructions and somebody stood out in the rain going, what? What? <laughs> what? So, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm really glad things are opening up. I yeah, can't wait. I know. I was reading about uh, the the new like Indian uh, variant of mm -hmm. uh, of coronavirus, which is in Bolton, and they've been talking about like local lockdowns. And I'm like, oh shit, this is how it started last time. Um, yeah. And I'm like, you you just you're gonna have to like throw, I don't know like. Maybe just go into lockdown rather than going. Oh, we're thinking about it. Maybe just do it, like right yeah. now. Actually, take take action quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just, just briefly, like maybe just rather than let it, like you know, um, what they need, what they need is, you know, at the start of the Han Solo solo movie, right? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> you know that. You know that. Like 
that that registration area they've got that they have to go through yeah Yeah, they should get those and they should like assign people their 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 last names so that that's (laughs) that's That's only if you don't have a last name (laughs) that they then give you like a really stupid last name Does that imply that, like, is that a common thing to not have a a, a family or a clan? And so there's actually thousands of millions of solos all across the galaxy. Like, I don't know, is that what it means? I hope so. I think, I I don't know, maybe it's like a Jon Snow situation where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a bastard. We'll just call you, you know, uh, Han Solo because you've got no friends. Um, Yeah, so that... that... (laughs) Because, like, you and I met for, uh, well, you and I met at an AHF sparring event, and then we went to fight camp together, and, like, I was I was saying to Melissa, before we went, I was like, ah, I don't really know this guy, like, you know, what, what if what if we've got nothing in common, and it was, yeah, we, like, yeah, we hadn't even sparred at that point, had we? It was literally just like, oh, you're going to fight camp? I'm going to fight camp. Do you want to yeah. come to fight camp <laughs> together? <laughs> I'm so glad you overheard me say that, because... I didn't have any plans of how I was going to get there. And Melissa and I didn't have a car or anything at the time. So it was just like... Hiking with swords. (laughs) Hoping you don't get there. Yeah. Um, And we sort of like, you know, we sort of just got in the car. And kind of like in my memory, it's like we looked at each other and kind of went, Star Wars? And and just talked about (laughs) that the whole way there. So That was like 90% of the journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was like 90%. And the other 10% was because like neither of us had ever been to a fight camp before. I don't know what, like, it was like, it was something to do with like, oh, we'll we'll just give the AHF a really bad name by like (laughs) driving into the field where they're doing all the workshops, doing a bunch of doughies. I'd be like, yeah, Yeah. the AHF, woo! (laughs) Like kidnapping Matt Easton and stuff. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) I don't mind Han Solo because it, it's, you know, you say it's not good. They're all not good. Of the recent films that have come out, I, like mm-hmm. other than Rogue One, I, do you know what I mean? Okay, so I I separate um, certain aspects of it. So for all of the recent films, I would say that all of them, apart from Solo and uh, Rise of Skywalker, they have all been well-made films as in like cinematically they've looked good they've sounded good um whether the story's good that's another aspect of it whether it's a good star wars film is another aspect of it but solo i found like poorly shot like some of the scenes were dark most of them were quite boringly uh shot It, it didn't have any life to a lot of it um, and I think that's a real shame because I do think that there was something good in there. There was like a lot of <laughs> tiny elements that I really liked, like that uh, scene, uh, like the trenches scene. Basically. Oh yeah, that was cool. It was there for like three minutes. That was really cool. That was really interesting. Uh, aesthetic of that was awesome. Um, then you go to the completely opposite end, and you've got Han in a knife fight with a guy with like little lightsaber knife type things was it 
were they even like they like had a glowing edge maybe or was Something it not like that, like, yeah and then rise of skywalker like is just a hot mess that's oh it's God. yeah I... it's unfixable like all of the others like i can chat to people with and talk about like how you can fix them because they are fixable that one is just garbage yeah <laughs> it's, it's irredeemable so bad. like even ian mcdermott like emperor palpatine is having no fun with that film you know what i mean he's yeah he's not enjoying himself no he's not and he's always enjoying himself like what yeah. like i'm not a huge fan of the prequels right they're you know they're they're like the the lightsaber fights in that i think are, are, are crap because everybody's like twirling and you know mm. um and jumping about the place uh i thought you know, but at the very least, like Emperor Palpatine is like he's he's chewing the scenery, he's having a grand old time. But in Rise of Skywalker, he was just like, ah, not even I'm on board with this, guys. This is a this is a real stretch, you know. This is um, a bit far fetched, even for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are two right. So like, okay, um, their final bit that I'll say about Solo. I agree. It wasn't like it wasn't great, but I think because for me, when I was like when I was in Kazakhstan everyone was going on and on about guardians of the galaxy right they were like just say goodbye to your mind because as soon as you watch this it's going to blow your fucking mind right <laughs> um and i'm like oh okay yeah and like everybody i talked to they were like this is the best thing i've ever seen you know what i mean um yeah. and then i watched it and i'm like it's all right you know what i mean yeah. like it was it was fine overhyped. yeah and then i watched solo and the opposite was the case because it was so everybody hated it so much when i watched it i was like that's not it's fine okay you know I mean? yeah yeah i can i can see i can see that yeah um, i mean there were two things that i i wouldn't like I, I was a bit hang on a minute uh well probably more than two things one was i don't understand what happened to the millennium falcon like it, it because it's so clean and then yeah. either Chewbacca or Han Solo have shat all over the walls at some point, or they've just been smoking <laughs> so profusely um, that that's, you know. And then the last bit is the, the bit with Darth Maul where he's on the, like, he's a hologram, and then he, like, yeah. he summons his double-edged lightsaber and activates it just so everybody's clear who he is. And I'm like... Remember, yeah. I'm a Sith. <laughs> yeah, and I was like... That would be like me being on a phone call or being on a Zoom chat and being, hold on a minute, going upstairs, getting a sword, coming back down and being like, right, remember, I do HEMA or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, I watched something a couple of days ago, which was uh, somebody had re-shot, not re-shot, but they'd kind of edited uh, the fight between Ben Kenobi, like old Ben Kenobi. Oh, yeah. Darth yeah. Vader. Have you seen it? uh yeah i have i th if it's the one i think you're talking about i have yeah it's um, incredible of those there are <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah it was good yeah it, um yeah i like that is one of the redeeming features of the sequels is i feel that the, uh like in the first two so what is it force awakens and um last jedi the lightsaber fights I really enjoyed. Uh, like, just they had enough uh, emotion and enough 
like physicality about them uh to be interesting yeah yeah i'd say that actually because um like the guy who plays uh kylo ren isn't it some adam driver yeah 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 he's like he's quite menacing i'd say in the in the like mm. in the first one because he's i think he was actually like i can't remember where i heard this but he was wounded or something um as a younger man so he's got a bit of a limp um and so like when he sort oh, of really? moves yeah um you know so the way he moves it, it's not just a pimp walk it's like like it's um <laughs> that's, that's yeah <laughs> not just an affectation yeah, yeah um so he's like you, he's this kind of like lurching quite forceful like over the top movements you know um i like i thought he was quite intimidating um and i i quite i quite like that like i wasn't i know a lot of people didn't like the the little cross guard thing with a lightsaber but i'm like it's all bullshit though isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i it's a it's a slightly different lightsaber yeah like, i get the like with the with the like double-ended lightsaber it's a bit simpler it's like oh it's the lightsaber stuck to another lightsaber it's really easy to understand and like the one thing that could go wrong with it which is someone cutting it through the middle happens in the film so all of your questions are answered whereas with the cross guard one it's like one of those ones that it was shown and everyone's like but what if the swords like the other lightsaber slides down does it stop it or does it not what happens does it cut off a little uh, and all of these sort of like little minutiae but i yeah i didn't i didn't have an issue with it it's like okay yeah that that sort of makes sense <laughs> yeah that's one of the things that i've spoken to quite a few people on not just like on on this but like in general is just how we see films like after after doing fencing and HEMA yeah. and anything like that, you know, any martial art, and then you go to watch you go go to watch a film. Um, do you feel it ruins it for you or enhances it? Um, I so I <laughs> I did film studies at college for A level, uh, so I think. I have learned to sort of like switch off parts of my brain uh, when watching films, like to, to sort of gain the full enjoyment of it. Um, so I don't, I don't feel that generally it affects my enjoyment that much. I don't feel that I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's a like ridiculous thing. No one's ever going to do that in a real fight because I can appreciate the choreography and things like that. And I, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it does enhance it because I I do appreciate like the fact that like doing some of these things is is difficult in some situations and and making it look good can also be difficult. But I do also then appreciate um, like the YouTube channel uh, Adorees or something like that that, that do oh, like yeah. really really nice like really realistic fight scenes. And it does, it does make me go like, well, I mean, they can do this and that looks amazing. So why, like, surely at some point we can see that in a film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like films, films are a, a thing, like they're, they're not necessarily, like they're telling a story and part of telling a story like visually doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be 100% realistic. 
like so you've got like animation and things like that we know that it's not real we know it's not realistic it's it's overhyped and hypeable and all of these things like it doesn't doesn't have to be like 100 percent true to life to be enjoyable yeah um, i love it like i have a personal um soft spot for uh life or, or actual uh i don't even know how you would do it like with meat people i don't know what the, <laughs> the technical <laughs> to this when they have like an anime and they and they and they make it with like actors oh yeah like like a live action live action version. there we go <laughs> yeah. yeah not meat meatball film version yeah <laughs> like attack on titan that's an appropriate term. yeah 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 actually yeah i love it because the thing like the thing with anime is that everything's like it's exaggerated and extended and like people are just adopt these kind of like bizarre expressions and stuff and when you try to do that in real life it just it looks like garbage and i love it <laughs> i was i was like thinking about this i was talking to someone at work about it and I wonder if that sort of like the over exaggerated expressions that are sometimes sort of used and, and sort of the fact that characters might sort of show emotion in a very visible way is because of the limitations of that medium, because you can't show like small expressions and, and things like that in anime. Mm. Is that why it's sort of got to that sort of extreme level of, um, of display of emotions and things like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. I've, never, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've never done any analysis of that sort of side of things. It's interesting because, like, during the, you know, during the last year in which we've been wearing masks or, you know, supposed to be wearing masks, like, one of the things that I've, I've noticed is that now and again, I just can't read whether or not somebody's taking the piss or you know, yeah. like being sarcastic or, you know, or, you know, and stuff like that. Because while we read a lot in the eyes, it's also, it's so much more, you know? Um, and I've, I found it really difficult actually, you know? Um, yes. One of the questions that one of my students asked me is like, are we gonna be wearing masks under our fencing masks? And I was like, I've tried that. And I I found it so hard to get air, like to suck yeah. down air. Um, you know, when you're in a sports hall, you, if you can open the doors, great. Um, and open up the windows, fantastic. But that doesn't, you, you're still going to heat up. And it's already sometimes like you, you're wearing a mask. And even though it's perforated, whatever, I still find that, you know, you can have trouble breathing, especially when it's really warm. Um, so yeah. on a day like today, it's, you know, it's pouring down, it's fine. Um, and where, uh, where I am anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like on Saturday, when we met up and fought on the mountain, that was great. Like, I love that weather for fighting. Um, it was what I was saying to everybody. I like, I prefer this over a sunny day because I just, I, I find like I can't breathe properly. Um, and so it's, it's one of the things where the, the guidelines at the moment, the government guidelines on whether or not you, you know, you're wearing your mask, you take your mask off, you put on a fencing mask. It's not very clear. Um, and so for me, I'm, I'm just going to kind of be like, well, you know, 
wear it and then if you feel like you can't you know you can't function <laughs> you know beyond a, a certain point then we'll, we'll maybe think about alternatives but yeah it's uh it, it's the mask thing's tough um yeah it's, it's like altitude training like when I've, <laughs> when I've done it like you're wearing a mask over a mask and it's just like three minute bout and then it's just <gasps> <laughs> yeah yeah because you got started with sports fencing right yeah yeah um i i i dabbled a tiny bit when i was like sort of 12 13 uh, i did like a couple of classes of sport fencing but uh then when i went to uni i uh, i got properly involved in the the sport fencing club there um and that that's sort of how i then when i moved to this area for work uh, i just googled fencing club bristol and ahf was uh, one of the highest results and i was like oh that sounds a bit weird <laughs> and you weren't wrong i don't know about this like is it just going to be a load of people like messing about with like wooden stores like i kind of had this picture in my mind that they'd all be using like uh bokken or something mm. like that like kendo and and just like not not using any kind of sense just stuff they made up themselves is like ah oh, try spinning that's a good move <laughs> um and but then also like there was a part of me who was like yeah but what if it's not what if it's like actual sword fighting because like that's that's the reason i started like sport fencing because i wanted to fight with swords and that was the closest like socially acceptable <laughs> version that that i knew existed um so yeah i, I showed up and uh yeah they i think i think it was longsword they were they were working through a longsword module when i turned up and it was just like oh no, they they actually know what they're talking about. This is this is a real thing. This isn't like just messing about. Yeah, um, and I think there was maybe like four or five months where I was doing both. I was still going to the sport fencing club that I'd also found, and uh, and going to AHF. And uh, eventually, I was just like, well realistically like why why am i still going to sport fencing like the the thing that i really wanted to do exists and it's it's hema and <laughs> there's a club where i can do that so um i yeah i just sort of dropped dropped the sport fencing and, and just went full into hema um yeah. yeah and i just i yeah i think my only hema regret is uh not finding it sooner <laughs> yeah that's um i mean like that's a regret for a lot of people because my my kind of path is similar to yours, except I found reenactment first at like uh, at 19. So I was like, oh, this is ace. You know, this is like, to me, it was the same thing. It's like, oh, this is the closest thing to sword fighting I'll get to that's, you know, again, legally and socially acceptable. Um, and yeah, I'd you were captain of your sports fencing team though for a while, right? Uh, I, I was co I was uh, president of the uh, club and uh, and co co captain. So I was, I was captain of the team sometimes when, when the real captain wasn't there. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, so how did you how did you find um, the transition between cultures? Because there's quite a different culture between sports fencing and HEMA and one of the things that I've noticed recently is that there seems to be this kind of like almost 
I don't know what to call it really. Um, like I, I'm looking at a lot of forums and there, there seems to be like kind of a bit of reverence almost for like sports fencing at the moment in some like some okay. corners. Uh, yeah, like I think it's like the level of training that they do and you know the, the kind of precision that you get. So I like I would say that the the first big difference is that with sport fencing, most clubs are very similar. Like the structure of what they do on an evening is going to be very close compared to HEMA clubs, where I think there can be a larger variety, not just because of different weapon types that they're training, but in terms of how they train and the methods that they employ. I think that can vary a lot more in HEMA clubs uh, because there hasn't been that sort of large amount of time of, of just sort of like, oh, this, this is how it's done, um, which has sort of developed over time with sport fencing. Um, and I think what, what you're talking about with sort of the reverence for, for it is there's, there's almost like a, a set thing and that's footwork, footwork, footwork because the blade actions and things like that you you can train those you can train the the different parries and and disengages circular parries um but there's there's only a limited number of things and limited number of actions and so once you've got those down the only other thing to do is to just get better at them so it's that saying of like i don't fear a man who knows a thousand punches i fear a man who's trained one punch a thousand times uh, and i think that that might be it because you you just you always train footwork and that's a lot of fencing and all of the blade work has been practiced a lot of times as well um it's yeah yeah i think that's that's probably sort of the biggest difference is that <laughs> there's a lot more of the boring stuff in sport fencing that <laughs> I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way I don't mean that in a I, I don't find it less uh, as fun I, I mean I don't and that's why I do HEMA obviously <laughs> but um, the there's a willingness to just drill uh, because the the people that aren't what I found with the, the university club like the people that weren't willing to drill like they they just didn't show up after a while um, yeah. and i assume that it's the same with uh regular clubs is because you'll know what's going to happen every every time after you've been for a month or two if you think that you're going to do something other than footwork for the first half hour then then you're out of luck it's warm-up footwork <laughs> footwork footwork, footwork. Yeah. um and, and so you'll know that that's what's going to happen. And if you don't like that, if you've decided that that's not for you, then you'll leave. But if you're dedicated to it, you'll stay and you'll you'll do that. Um, quite boring, uh, but good for for those like quick uh, foot movement. Uh, yeah. Training bits. Yeah. No, I know what you mean because um, I've like I have it in my class where the first like the first exercise that we do 10 to 15 minutes is footwork related and something that my uh, one of my martial arts instructors in the past told me is like as a teacher part of the job is to disguise repetition um so you know you're doing the same thing 
but like with a, a slight twist. So if you can do footwork exercises and it's the same, you know, it's the same thing that we did last month or last week or whatever, but you just add a slight competitive element to it, um, then that's, that's usually quite a good way of kind of getting people involved, like, you know, more involved. The problem is when people like, um, you know, oh, okay, so I've got to void this and they just sacrifice everything to void it. So they basically just go flying into the air. They're like, <laughs> oh, I didn't get hit. And it's like, yeah, you didn't, but now you're on the ground and everybody's just going to circle around you and give you a good drubbing. So, you know, was it worth it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things in, in like, was, I mean, I was thinking about the word that I used, like reverence. I think that it's more just a healthy respect maybe for the fact that they do those kind of things. Because if you have a look at um, other martial arts, um, you know, other like serious martial arts where they're, where, where they're doing work on the heavy bag or they're, you know, they're just, kicking stuff to get used to you know they're just conditioning and things it's kind of that's a little bit sort of absent sometimes in HEMA um, because loads of people are so eager to get to like the Meister how and the dis you know the disarms and all this sort of stuff um, you know it, it's uh, it's one of those things where you don't really like people skip over the fundamentals and it's like that's 90% of it a lot of the time, you know? I think there's also the element of wanting to make it enjoyable, like you were saying about um, sort of disguising that repetition. But when you've got so many different things to choose from, like, like with sport fencing, you've got saber, foil, epee, and essentially, essentially they are all exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. I, like you, there are differences, but very, yeah. very. Whereas with HEMA, there's so many different things. So you could do uh, like a section on longsword, and then you can move on to saber, and then you can move on to rapier and rapier and dagger and sword and buckler and dusak, and you can just keep going. And there's just so much to to do, and it's all good fun from from my experience uh so it's sort of yeah and if you're if you're wanting to sort of like have people enjoy it um then sort of like that's probably sort of a, a good thing because people will sort of like want that variety um but then i think oh, i don't know it's, it's really difficult because obviously like different people do it for different reasons um and you're going to get people that like realistically like if you want to become better at one specific thing at longsword then you need to train more longsword so it's not going to help that you've like maybe moved on to like a side sword section um but is that going to mean the side sword section isn't fun no because it's still fighting with swords yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, I i honestly don't know um like how i how i personally would want to sort of approach that as a like if i was running a club um uh, because i 
I enjoy both aspects of it. I'm I'm sort of dumb enough that I'm just happy to do what's whatever's going on. Like I'll just sit there and do the sport fencing like style, like, like step, 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 lunge. Like, and I'll, 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 do that. I'll do that warm up all day. Um, if I get to do sparring at the end of it, I'll probably do it even if I don't. Like if if I was told there's not going to be sparring for a long time, I'll be like, well, well I might as well do that then because it'll it'll help when I do get to spar. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll do that repetitive work, but also I I really like learning new things, so I'd happily move from like one weapon to the other and, and things like that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. ju I just like swords. <laughs> no, I know what you mean because you know, for for me, it's like uh, I want to I want to be able to pick up anything and use it well, you know. Yeah. Um, like I like I like I love the idea of being like, just yeah, you, you know, the the master of arms kind of thing from the the fantasy novels where it's like he can pick up this and he's you know and he's he's able to win um, or at least use it well um yeah and i i sometimes go through phases where i'm like oh i'm obsessed with this weapon um i was talking to ollie um like you you've met ollie uh yeah, yeah. and um i was talking about like you know the 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 large kind of hook shield sort of things in talhofer i think they're um, yeah. yeah so they're kind of they're like um ah oh, damn it pa pavis shields yeah. almost like the long rod down like down yeah down and they're basically like some of the well the ones in particular that i would kind of want to mess around with are like they're, they're sort of like uh, an oblong shape but with hooks on the bottom and they have like a spike either side and i'm like that thing looks bananas like i don't you know um i don't know how you'd make it safe to to wield but i just want to have a go with it and i'm like you know i messaged them earlier this year i'm like can we can we make these can we just i don't like, i don't even know where i'd keep them you know what i mean like, i've got no room for wearing up yeah <laughs> day whenever the next one is and you just got one of those no other way <laughs> just that thing go yeah come on well that was the thing so somebody somebody got in touch with me last year and they were like hey can i join you know can i join up um and uh, i was like yeah sure and i usually ask like a few questions have you done hema before have you done sports fencing before have you done any kind of other martial arts before um and some people come back and they've you know they've got various uh, this guy comes back and he's like yes uh, i'm well i'm, I'm an uh, like i'm well adept with the the use of the the battleth right <laughs> i was just like i was like oh okay uh based on what you know um because it's a shit weapon you know it's it's badly yeah. designed you've got the range of like slightly further than your fist you know? yeah ice pick grip knife but also you're you're holding onto the other end yeah so you can't yeah it yeah. it seems to be good for like one thing which is just the double punch with dope with both fists um yeah. and, and that's it so i was like oh i don't even i was like that's a comment anyway he didn't show up unfortunately i would have liked to oh. i know right um, like again, like I'd 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 have a go with it. Like if there was a sparring safe bat left, I'd give it a go. I'd have a crack with it. I mean, like again, 
I, well, it's like um, uh, Ludo Sport, you know, the lightsaber fighting mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that stuff. It, it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'd have a go at that. Like, it, it ran, the one in Cardiff ran at the same time as uh, the, the uh, session that I run. So I, I was never going to yeah. get around to it. I was like, yeah, I'll have a go at that. Um, but then I found out two things. One, which was how expensive it is. Like, so there was a guy with a lightsaber which cost more for just the hilt, like the, the lightsaber bit that you hold. Yeah. That cost more than um, a custom-made... You know my custom-made war sword, the, the Heron yeah. Armoury sword? Yeah, this, just the grip cost more than... Um, yeah, it was... I, I can't remember, it was like £650. Um, and I'm like, mm, nope. Uh, and the exams were like you were ha- like you had to drop a G, you know, you were dropping a thousand pounds to go and do this exam in Italy, and it didn't cover room and board. I was like, you know, the like the the guy, the guy who invented this, he must look around and just be like, I can't be, I can't believe I'm getting away with this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, I'd like, but anyway, I'd have a go at it. I, I'd have a crack at yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's 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 fighting with a with another weapon. Like, it'd be good fun to try it. I'm not going to pay anyone that much to to do a test to for them to tell me how good I am at it. But uh, yeah, I'll have, yeah. A, I'll have a bash with a, a lightsaber. I'm assuming they're not allowed to call them lightsabers because like. I... It, not I have no idea. That, um, it, it, it's a rabbit hole I didn't want to go down because I was like, yeah. oh, man, I, you know, if I get involved. Um, like, you know, he, like, we only used swords that appeared in Lord of the Rings or something. But <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings, like the yeah. Tolkien wasn't endorsing us. <laughs> and we had to call them like knockoff things. <laughs> Yeah, from like Forbidden Planet, like you know. <laughs> but um, no, because uh, I, I I don't know how it worked. You, like one of the things is uh, there's a guy I forget his name, and I'm really annoyed with myself for having forgotten his name because this guy is like he's he does martial arts studies and he's incredibly well known in the martial arts community for basically just going into these different fringe martial arts and kind of doing a deep dive of them and one of the ones that he did was like the american version of ludo sport in which the person that he uh the person who was the instructor did two things one was ludo sport and the other one was uh i think it was uh like uh jikondo or something like that right mm-hmm. and he was like when it comes to one thing when it comes to the lightsaber fighting stuff that he does he's really quite loosey-goosey with it he's like yeah you know try this like you know experiment with this fine whatever but on the other side of things like as soon as he starts doing jeet kundo he's like no this is the way and this is the only way and he gets like quite cagey about his like teaching methodology and i thought that's that's really interesting because like i've done both at some point in my like when teaching um, yeah. And because it, it, you know you kind of you kind of ping from two 
um, points of view. And one is like, well, I want you to be able to experiment with things because like you're a left-hander, for example, and that's something that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but like you're a left-hander, so something that works for you isn't going to work for me and vice versa, right? So you have to kind of make a certain thing your own in order to get it to work, you know, uh, well, due to the angles of attack and due to this, that, and the other, right? But at the same time, if you were like, well, I'm going to do it this way, and you start doing something like, you know, crane stance and like, you know, stuff like that, I'd be like, yeah, I said experiment with it, but that's not really humor. And it's, it's not within the context of what we do. And then I'd become quite cagey. So it, it's a really interesting thing to kind of look at um which is why i don't want to look at it <laughs> <laughs> no introspection yeah, no exactly <laughs> like, uh, no i mean i don't want to have a look at this ludo sport thing because it's like, oh, it's like, right. <laughs> it's like, like warhammer where you're like yeah i'll buy one and then you're like oh no i've got i don't have any money and uh <laughs> definitely not looking at my pile of shame now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I mean, I think I think we've all got a shame pile of something we collected that was way too expensive at some point. Hmm. I think uh, I, hmm. yeah, Ex like like people experimenting like whilst you're sort of doing the drill and things. Yeah, there, there's like a, a level of like, are you try? Are they trying to make the drill work, or are they like going completely off piste? Are they sort of like going, ah, but what if I do this? And that that whole sort of like, well, yeah, that is a different thing. And that would like counter that step of it. But that that's not what we're looking at now. We're looking at this. And these are the reasons we're looking at this. That is a valid point. But it's not helpful in this situation. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know why other than that element of it, why someone would be so sort of constraining of like, you have to do it exactly in this way. Yeah. I suppose I, maybe if there is that structure to something like, and uh, again, like going back to the sport fencing thing of like, this is how you do a lunge. And I suppose I probably was quite like that because like it is, like that is how you do a lunge. It's really simple. You straighten your arm, you <laughs> move your <laughs> Sort of lead leg forward um but yeah I, I never really thought about that actually there, there probably are for for sort of different body types and, and things there are probably better ways of, of doing things and stuff um yeah yeah because i think it, it's usually indicative of eastern martial arts where it's like you know this is how you do it there's no you know there's no variation um and part of that i think is because it's it's a lineage, isn't it? That that's been passed down through tradition. Um, and yeah. so it, if it's not done exactly so, and people just kind of generally do it that way, um, you, you know, then it, then it starts to break apart and it becomes something else. And I think that they want to keep it the way it is, you know, because it's like, well, this is the most efficient and effective way of doing it. So you have to do it like this or, or the whole thing uh, falls to pieces. Um, yeah. Because there's like three, three styles of um, Okinawan karate. I'm going to say Okinawan karate. I might be wrong about that. But if you watch the three styles uh, where they're going through their katas and stuff, they look almost identical. Um, 
and you know that's after however many you know however many years of having gone out uh, and become a global uh, martial art you know um, and uh, and having these schools that have kind of branched out in, in and become popular in America you know following media like uh, Karate Kid and stuff like that uh, so yeah stuff like that I think it's I don't know like double-edged sword which is on the yeah. one hand yeah you know um you you've got this tradition that's never going to die and that's that means it's going to survive whereas like some of the traditions within hema died and now we're like trying to piece it all together again but then you've got other things which is like well if i can beat you then i can beat everybody else in this room because you all fight the same way right so yeah you know there's that side of it as well yeah and also the the sort of evolution side of it of okay that may have been the best way that they developed at that point but now things like may, maybe this is more efficient like maybe because obviously like new things are invented new ways of doing things are invented it's not not to say that we can't do something better than how it has been done um Obviously, when it comes to HEMA, I guess there's a little bit of we are reconstructing things, but I don't think that I would like if if is <laughs> it's a bit uh, it's a bit difficult as a hypothetical. Like if someone came up with something that actually genuinely was new, not just something that they thought was new and was actually in a fencing manual. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, it's right there. You haven't invented anything, uh, <laughs> but actually new and it, it worked as a whatever it was an attack a defense um then i don't see any reason that i wouldn't practice it and uh, and see how it worked and and like integrate that into what i knew um is yeah i mean why, why are they any worse than fiore yeah, don't you bring Fiore into this. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, because like that's the thing. Like there have been a couple of occasions where I've I've thought, like, obviously we can't really test it because we're not fighting with sharps, we're not killing each other. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, a good thing, I guess. Um <laughs> but you know, is there like there is there anybody that's alive now that was equal or better? than some of the masters whose extant work we're studying, right? Yeah. Because there's a guy, I forget his name, and it's really going to bother me. Um, he was, ah, damn it, I was reading about him recently. I'm bad with names today. Um, it's because it's I'm excited about... Open I mean, you, do, you don't want me to like offer names. <laughs> <laughs> what, J Jimothy Biscuits? Uh, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, he was he was like a fencing instructor, but his day job was that he was a fishmonger, like, and then he just taught fencing okay. as like a side gig. And it's like, yeah. well, he would be the same as like most modern martial arts instructors, right? Yeah, you know, because like most they've got of a day guys, job. Yeah, exactly. 
most of the guys out there like there's a guy that i'm going to be uh training on sunday i'm not i'm kind of looking forward to it but not really i'm uh, i'm going to be training with a guy um and again i've forgotten his name i'm really bad i might edit them in probably not i'm incredibly lazy and unprofessional but um <laughs> there's this guy um, to put them in at a later date <laughs> with the voice completely different yeah. like that episode of the simpsons where it's like mr black um, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I'm going to be training with a guy on uh, Sunday and I'm going to be doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu because my grappling has just gone to shit during lockdown. Uh, and I'm going to be training with him and I know that he's pretty much full-time. He, he just teaches martial arts full-time, which is great, which is why I wanted to uh, train with this guy. Um, and um, yeah, it's it. I'm basically just paying a guy to kick the shit out of me for an hour before I go off and do the rest of my Sunday. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's, that's your fury. That's your guy who basically, you know, teaches nobility and is kind of minor nobility himself and is as such a bit of an arrogant prick if you read his, if, you know, you read his stuff. Um, and then like, yeah, you've got these other, these other people who kind of went like drifters, essentially, who went to, from town to town being like, uh, could I, you know, you interested in maybe learning some fencing no but have you got any spare change <laughs> you know um so yeah like i i think that there's probably a few people out there um who who might be as good as some of the people that they study you know yeah potentially yeah um, yeah it's one of those hypotheticals isn't it it's like we'll we'll just never know um, yeah it, yeah it, it would it's an interesting sort of thought experiment like who knows? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're the next Fiore. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, who knows? Like, you know, you look at um, Miyamoto Musashi uh, mm. and he's like, yeah, I killed bloody loads of people. Don't even come at me. I killed like 75 people in a go. Um, yeah. And you're like, did you know? You know, <laughs> um, uh how how much of this is exaggeration they, were they asleep <laughs> yeah exactly you know did did you just go into like an alzheimer's ward and nobody knew what was going on uh like handing them swords and then immediately <laughs> down yeah so it's like i might cut that actually that was a bit dark uh no i'll leave it in whatever um <laughs> So yeah, it's that thing of like, well, yeah, you know, the like, uh, how much of it is kind of like real? At least with Fiore, he's like, yeah, I beat like five, uh, you know, and there's like a sort of sense of reportage with just five people. Um, but like, when, yeah, it's, it's believable. But exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, five people, like that's better than I've done. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't one. It wasn't like uh, all at once. It was, you know, at yeah. different times. Yeah. Um, yeah so you know um that, that that's it there's that thing about it um one of the things that i don't get about sports fencing and i never have uh and i i've mentioned this to you in the past is the screaming oh yeah like the tennis style <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah i'm i'm not a huge fan of it uh the the only reason that i can sort of like that i've ever uh, found for it is that it, it's quite good at convincing the judges that the point is yours um, <laughs> like you, you just <laughs> you both come in you both perform the same action you double 
and then the guy that goes yes yeah. is the one that uh, gets the point like 75 percent of the time and it's like well i mean what's it um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, you're too self-conscious to do that kind of thing you know you're <laughs> losing you're like mm, yeah yeah because it's it's not even like um a, a, like a key eye you know like a, no no it's yeah it's not like as you strike it's not a uh, a part of the movement it's a an after the fact yeah thing. yeah because there's a there's a thing that i put up on facebook on the on the academy of steel group which you're a part of and i put the video up and, and that was where we had the conversation because we were talking about this one guy who he'd he'd do something and then he'd take his mask off and sort of like put his le like his head between his legs and just scream at the top of his lungs and <laughs> uh, it was just really embarrassing you know yeah so, i was i was never a fan of it in sport fencing and i i never had to uh like guide anyone from like the club that i was uh was leading on whether they should or shouldn't do it because we just never developed that as a culture i think so occasionally like we like each year uh we would fight other unis um and and that you would have some some of them you'd get that culture and they they would come in and they'd be doing the yes and uh, and things like that and it it just sort of never really developed um, in our club and I, I'm not sort of like saying that as a like oh I made sure that it was only the best people and we weren't arrogant and things like that it's yeah. like I think it might just be a uh, a self perpetuating thing like if if a few people are doing it you're gonna be like oh right that's that's what you do that's that's um, yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting because i was talking to my old um instructor um hema instructor like my first mm -hmm. hema instructor and we were talking about um the ippon in uh kendo which is like if you do the the perfect action you know you're covered and you strike and you you know and everything's good um then you're awarded the most amount of points. And it's, you know, it, it's something that we want to kind of play around with in, in, in HEMA and like in, in uh, some of the stuff that we want to run in the future. But I remember watching a, a kendo um, match before and this guy, you know, he strikes out with a shin eye, he's covered, uh, he, he sort of withdraws and they, they give him the ippon and then as he turns away, he he very subtly just kind of clenches his fist at his side in a sort of like a tiny, you know, like a, like victory pump, you know? And um, <laughs> one of the judges sees it and they take the Ippon away from him. And yeah, wow. yeah, because part of it is you, you like, it's all about like, you know, respect to your opponent. As far as I'm aware, I'm like, I might be off base here. Um, because you you have to withdraw from your opponent while facing them. You're not showing your back to your opponent because that's like eh, that's a bit rude. Um, and then so you you back off and you don't like you don't celebrate or anything um, because that would be again that would be quite disrespectful. Um, I might be way off base on this. If I am, send me a send me a message or don't. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things um, which I'm like ah oh, that's. The, the two cultures are so interesting in their in the, in the difference complete opposite really yeah I, I do 
find myself like naturally I would lean towards like I, I find it awkward to celebrate like a hit on an opponent that like they're right there like yeah. <laughs> they're right there in front of you like why why are you being like oh yeah yeah, yeah. In your face. yeah. <laughs> like it it just seems a bit yeah not right but then when I um when I have been at competitions and I have been really happy with an action um I do understand then that that want to celebrate and because you yeah you just have that like oh I'm really happy about that like even like in fact in spe especially when it's a, a worthy opponent like oh yeah it's just like wow I you know I got that hit in I wanted to do that action it paid off it happened how I wanted it to I'm really happy about it and it like it wasn't it was against someone that I consider to be like a, a good good level fencer uh, or like maybe even you know higher level fencer um so yeah I I can I can see both sides I can see but like again like the gratuitous celebration of the sport fencing I just yeah 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 no absolutely um so yeah with um with Hema, it's kind of, I don't know, there's not a lot of, like, shouting or anything like that in fights. It's usually quite, it's fairly, like, it, it, in regards of celebration and that sort of stuff, it's usually quite well-disciplined in general. I mean, like, I have seen some people who have taken a defeat very badly, uh, and I've seen some people who have won and been insufferable, um, you know, and, and but that's the that's the exception um that's not normally the case uh it's like you know you and i both have um, a very healthy dose of respect for pedro san miguel who Absolutely. you know <laughs> you know if he's if he's lost it's the same as if he won it's like you know um yeah i remember chatting to him once and uh i was like hey man how'd you do in uh how'd you do in such and such tournament and he went i uh, just won silver and i was like yeah cool well you know <laughs> you know good for you uh <laughs> um you know i got eliminated but you you, you yeah sorry about the silver I guess. Like the best position like he considers that the best position to be at because he doesn't have to carry another sword home <laughs> yeah. oh, all these free swords from winning all of these tournaments yeah 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 Where put them? what a burden um <laughs> yeah so one of the things that i'm doing now with the academy um is going forward wednesdays is going to be the polax semester um yes. yeah which i'm like i'm quite excited by but i know that it's like the, the problem with Polax is that you can't really teach it to, like, you can't teach it accurately. Because if you make the weapons too heavy, then everybody has to show, so, like, a lot of control or they yeah. hurt their opponent. Um, or, like, an accurate weight, if you know what I mean. But if you make them too light, then they're not doing what they should be doing. And it's going to teach them, like, bad habits, bad body mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah, like, if you... Um if you can like whip it back really quickly you're gonna be like ah oh, well like it doesn't matter that i'm down here because i can just like snap it up really yeah. quickly before and, you, and you see it with like the the rawlings synthetic swords where yeah. you know people are using it like a car aerial and that sort of stuff and you know that yeah um 
so I know that you've taught a little bit of sword in armor, um, and that's going to be part of it because it's going to be it's going to be poleaxe, but it's also going to be longsword in armor because you know you would have like if your poleaxe is gone, then you pull out that's your secondary. You're going to be using that potentially against somebody in armor. So it's like it's all part of the same uh, thing. In Fury, generally, it's the same body mechanics are being applied um, throughout the throughout the system. Um, but what advice would you give for teaching sword in armor? Ooh, um, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a, a sort of uh, odd scenario for for me when I was um, teaching it because it, it wasn't sort of like oh I've uh, I've sort of like had this planned out for ages. It was uh, the the main instructor at the Bath Club that I go to. Um, unfortunately like work was really busy for him and he he sort of couldn't make it uh, and so I'd planned I was, I was wanting to do this because I'd been reading through the the source material um so I'd planned like the first like couple of lessons um and so those those were okay like I um I started um like I, I sort of had fully fully gone through all of the material worked through I, I came to your your club and worked through some of the, the motions with you as well which was really useful uh, just so that I sort of could understand what was going on because it wasn't one of those ones where like look at the pictures like okay yeah that makes perfect sense of course yeah I understand what's going on here it was a bit uh, a bit uh, different um, and then uh, because he'd got sort of like held up with those uh, like that work stuff it was kind of like oh I'm doing next week as well and the week after and the week after and it um, because of that it ended up being a little bit more of a study uh, group uh, rather than a I was I was teaching it was we were sort of like working it through together uh, going through the book and teaching each other um, and I think one of the most important things that someone pointed out at one point was uh, that there was this action here on this page, and then later on, like another action. And this first action worked a lot better when it was actually following on from <laughs> this action that was a, like later on in the book. And like the first one was sort of like, I worked it through, it was like, oh, I guess it works like this, maybe. And then we got to this other one, we were like, but we finish in this place, which is the start of this one. So what if we put that onto here? And it, it worked a, a, a lot better. Um, <laughs> so that, that was quite good. Um, the thing I think I enjoyed the most uh, was duct taping everyone's masks. So just got a roll of duct tape, one strip uh, underneath, one strip above. So you've just got like that little vision slit to replicate the uh, the fighting in armor. Um, it's yeah, obviously you've still not got the weight of the armor or anything like that, but it's it's quite interesting. It's quite good fun to uh, to have that extra bit of um, immersion. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, as it is immersion, I suppose, and also like to try and understand what limitations you're going to come across, and one of them is, yeah. is very much like visual. And like what I've found, which is quite like interesting, is that the bind becomes way more important when you can barely see your opponent. You know. Yeah, um, 
understanding of where their blade is and things yeah, yeah and, and what they're intending you get quite good at that like i did a like i did a youtube video where i put a scarf around my mask and i couldn't see anything um, except for the sun um, <laughs> which was just coming in through the top because i needed a bit where i could breathe so we yeah. left the top a little bit exposed and just a beam of light was going through into my retinas so i was like oh i may never see again um and i was like uh i was doing um some fighting stuff it was actually fighting was what i was doing and um one of the things that melissa and i did was we just uh we'd start in the bind and i was like this makes so much more sense um when you like you know if you were coming at it from an armored point of view or if you were coming from a you know for whatever reason uh your vision is impaired like just just putting that sort out there and like seeing where the well feeling whether your other other um uh opponent is uh yeah it just it, it just like made it really like a lot easier to anticipate certain things yeah. um so uh Pedro actually uh, taught a, a lesson on this at uh, Skirmish. Oh, yeah. So it was for Sabre. Um, and uh, so I did actually write this down um, because I had ah, You nerd! Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's because of you. Um, I was like, ah. Oh. I'm not going to remember this, and Jordan's going to make fun of me at some point for writing it down, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, um, you were making fun of me for writing. I yeah, so yeah. it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the sort of outcome of it was, um, I think you parried an action from the opponent, uh, and Petra was saying, like, as they like remove their sword you should be able to feel where they're going and you should be able to do it with your eyes closed so <laughs> it felt really stupid for the first couple of times like standing there with your eyes closed in the middle of a fight camp skirmish just going i think he's going over here uh, but then after a couple of times it did actually work and it was like wait this you can do this. You can have your eyes closed and know where a sword is going to be. Yeah, probably best to keep your eyes open during oh, a yeah, fight. Yeah, it's definitely. Great, uh, another use, but <laughs> yeah. it does actually work. And I think I think it was from that um, that he was talking about either either that or I'm conflating it with something else from another point. Um, the reaction time is going to be quicker because mm. the the signal from you're like seeing a sword moving into your eyes, into your brain, processing it, going, oh, that's going that way, is longer than the the feeling of like, oh, I've just got a bit more pressure here, which means that it's like then going through through your body and processing it that way. Yeah, that uh, makes a lot of sense actually, because it's like when you're when you're walking normally. You don't think about the next step that you take you just do it it's natural but if you're having to pick your way through something you're having to look where that step is i mean you know they're, they're two different things i suppose but if you're used to parrying from moving the sword from your right side to your left side for example as opposed to having to look at your left side register the sword coming then put the sword there um yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense um and there was there was an article i was reading and it was basically about like a 
uh, like our extrasensory stuff and how despite the fact that like when we sit in a car and we drive a car um we know where the edge of the car is without having to look directly at it like we know how much space we can pass through and how close we are to an object um and i suppose that you know the same is there with swords um because i know that I can't. They explained the, the 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 chemistry of it, the brain chemistry and stuff, and I was like, mm, synapses. Oh, okay, um, brain matter. Um, and I did like I don't remember that bit very well. Um, but it was yeah, it was really interesting. And you're like, yeah, you can. Sometimes you you parry something, and you don't even know how you've done it. You know, yeah. it's uh, just like oh, I guess his sword was over there. Yeah. Okay. Well, my sword's in the way. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why, but it's there. <laughs> I did it because um, there was like the the fight that we had at uh, at the weekend, and um, I managed to duck your sword. But I I and I'm like, how did I do that? And I'm like, I'm like a thousand percent. It's because I slipped in the mud. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I just slid, and I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm very surprised by how white my uh, my gear still is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm always surprised by how white your gear is. It, it turns out, but it's <laughs> like it, it's like that bit where Gandalf first goes into Theoden's uh, hall and he just takes off the grey robes, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Apart from, I think I'm slowly turning my kit grey rather than uh, white. <laughs> going the other way as all the uh, sweat and grime yeah i think we're gonna meet in the middle then because my kit is black and when i get it it's like government black you know it's like black of the black and then like and then it's like that's nah, off black and then like gradually just in the sun and you know because i've got to wash it and everything it's just gradually getting grayer and grayer so i think you know i think we'll meet in the middle uh yeah so uh last thing um because i'm gonna have to jump off uh because i've got a class to run which is ace um left-handers well like in in very briefly how do you beat a left-hander and i'm i'm actually gonna write this down oh uh good <laughs> question um i don't know I, I suppose it's the same thing that i do to beat right-handers um <laughs> but in reverse <laughs> Oh, come on, man, you got to give me more than that. I'm writing this down. Do the same, but different. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I honestly don't know. I think um, I might not fight like normal left-handers, um, oh. which I didn't realise. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, fo I, I uh, had a fight with uh, Matt Easton at uh, Kings of the North, and... He uh, he apparently was talking to Nick afterwards. He was like, "Oh, that, that guy doesn't doesn't fight like a normal lefty." Yeah. So I don't really know. What, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I don't think you fight like a normal left-hander because there have been times in the past, and it's quite maybe a bit arrogant of me, but because I've like fought so many left-handers, um, I've like I normally it doesn't like phase me if I come up against a left-hander um yeah. you know there was a there was a time i was in a sword and buckler tournament and somebody turned around oh careful he's a left-hander and i was like oh great um you know i was worried there for a minute um and i find that a lot of left-handers rely on the fact that they're left-handed to win 
and they'll win a lot because they're left-handers, right? I've seen it. Uh, I've, I've seen it in a lot of stuff. Um, and I think the the thing that makes you probably the reason that you fight um, differently, let's yeah. say, to like yeah, like a left a normal left-hander, is because you're technically good as well. Like you're technically very good on top of the fact that you're a left-hander, so that makes it that means that you can't like you you haven't rested on your laurels i think maybe the sports fencing might play a role in that as well because you're positioning yourself well you're not overreaching or anything which you would be forgiven for doing considering your height um uh, well no yeah i mean you would wouldn't you like you get a lot of people who are tall and you end up doing like you know you see them kind of like overreaching and stuff and i've done it in the past as well like i've gone oh, i fucking can't get close to this guy he's really nippy and i end up sort of like you know reaching way too much um and uh and then i have to like have a word with myself and go okay you know get get more um get more composed get more contained and you know and like uh, and sort of shut that down shut that crap down um normally it's good to have melissa in my corner because like i'll go to my corner if it's in a tournament and she's like you're getting stupid and you're overreaching and you're getting frustrated stop it he's drawing you in kind of thing one last thing on left-handed like it really depends on the weapon system yes uh as you were saying there like the sword and buckler stuff uh i think it's so different from like long sword uh or saber and it like really changes depending on the weapon system how to fight a lefty uh, yeah 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 okay i think it's just because like you know when you when you're striking from your right shoulder towards their left shoulder normally that's that's a target but now it's like where their sword is and it just yeah. trips so many people up but um yeah where can people find you buddy uh so <laughs> uh back, like in in the normal times of non-covid uh on a monday night i will be at bath historical martial arts uh, which can be found on Facebook and on a Wednesday night I will be at Academy of Historical Fencing uh, in Bristol um, and then uh, if I ever get a chance I, I sometimes pop into your classes uh, when I can yes, you do. Uh, yeah. yeah and and I don't know why anyone else would want to be finding me for other things uh, <laughs> so I, I guess I'm on Facebook that's, that's about it really yeah, yeah. wandering yeah. around town <laughs> yeah, hey that guy well uh, yeah um like I've, I've i've had a few people sort of come up to me and be like oh hey can i do humor and i'm like how the fuck do you know me who who are you um, <laughs> um i had somebody on youtube uh turn around and say oh you should you should do a video on this and i was like in the comment section i was like yeah yeah i'll get to it you know i'll get to it at some point sure uh, I was like, well, I live down the street from you, so maybe we could do like a, a like a, a collaborative thing. And I was like, what? How do you know that? Uh, that's yeah, that's a bit yeah. Weird. So it's <laughs> like, mm. you mean, like watching your videos and like triangulating. Like, oh, about <laughs> this time of the day, and the sun's up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thanks so much for this, buddy. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it was right. so yeah. fast. I I shouldn't have talked about Star Wars as much as I did, but. I yeah, I knew it would happen. <laughs> I did as well, and I wanted it to happen because I'm like, ah, oh, I want to chat Star Wars, but at the same time, I was like, oh shit, we, we yeah, I was like, fuck, it's seven o'clock, and I didn't, I didn't talk as much as I should have about 
Um, I've got like the, the topic of the podcast. Yeah, please. kind of. I was gonna, I was gonna ask like, oh, do you think Hema is gonna like eventually turn into sports fencing? And you know, because that's a popular one. And then I was gonna sort of like talk about uh, what else have I got down here? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I got like a few others, but we'll get, we'll do it again sometime. If you'd like to find out more about historical European martial arts, visit academyofsteel.com. Or you can shoot us over a message at info at academyofsteel.com. Or you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. The list is growing. I, I can hardly keep track.